that believes that any holiday designed to single out and celebrate one particular demographic group based on nothing more than shameful, disgusting, antisocial acts often committed in the dark of night to the benefit of no one beyond the depraved sicko getting his rocks off a little concern for the ultimate consequences of his action beyond whatever momentary selfish pleasure is derived from the act should be relegated to the proverbial dustbin of history. The instigating events all happened a long time ago, after all, and have increasingly rarely been repeated through the years. If it really needed celebrating, we wouldn't need to set aside a special day for it. We'd just be appropriately appreciative all the time. Thus, this podcast, on this entirely coincidental 19th day of June, is calling for an end to all sorts of holidays. Down with all the special days, Father's Day first and foremost. My name is Bob, sitting across the way from my good friend and co-host, that's Abe. How you doing tonight, Abe? Doing well, Bob. Yeah, here we are. Lori's here too, how you doing tonight, Lori? Kind of bummed. Lori's kind of bummed. Tonight is, as mentioned previously, Monday, June 19th, 2023. Juneteenth celebrated as a federal holiday for is it second or third time now, I believe. Yeah, two or three times now. By the way, uh, you mentioned Father's Day and, and Happy Father's Day to you and all those people. But uh, I don't uh, recognize any holiday where I'm not getting paid. You know, there's 11 of them so far. This is the fifth on the calendar, Juneteenth. Five out but of 11, yeah. Yes. But the yeah, other that's less so. so that you're in solidarity with this podcast and the mission to jettison all of these silly special days that we have. Also, yeah, Father's Day is just not a big deal. Uh, I didn't do anything. Lori didn't do anything. I didn't do. I usually do something. I didn't do anything. Did the uh, you were busy? Did the did those two things come together? Like I, I didn't look uh, Mother's Day and Father's Day, or did Mother's Day come about and they're like, oh yeah, the Father's we'll Mother's get to Day them came second. first. I'm sure think- Mother's Day came first because, yeah, that's of, what because yeah, of the but- patriarchy. And it's obviously, it's an overcompensation <laughs> thing. We have to have a Mother's Day. The, the patriarchy just, it's like throwing out, like a, a parade of, of tyrant kings coming down the street, just throwing out crappy dime store gum to the, to the gathered crowds. <laughs> Without Mother's Own be any of us men. Let's celebrate them. I'm drinking a uh, Samuel Adams non-alcoholic really good. IPA, just the haze, it's called. I drank That's one right. at each of our baseball games. It was perfect. Oh, nice. nice. And I didn't even feel weird because it doesn't have alcohol in it. I'm sure other people there have alcohol. No, you're not supposed to. It's against the rules. Well, I didn't because I don't want any, but also it was great. And it's – and it's is this the – Zero percent or less than half a percent. You know, there's always like a 
What does this one say? This one says less than half a percent alcohol okay. by volume. You would have I don't to, know like, if that means they those... what do they mix it in the same giant vats or something no, it's without it's rinsing treated out to the... remove the alcohol, so they can't guarantee that it's completely gone. Gotcha. They should uh, give you, give you some other uh, way to to frame it. Like, how many of those cans do you need to drink to get a buzz? At like, I don't know if you could drink them fast enough to get a buzz. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> that, that's actually there. You go. That's the standard. Like, you, where you cannot possibly drink. But that's true for some enough. people of Coors Light. <laughs> yeah. Or that. What was that? Mil- Michelob Ultra. No, MGD sixty. Mil- there was one that my 64? boss would get at the bar because it would be game day, and everyone wanted to buy him a beer, and he was like. I have to manage a bar. Like I, right. I can't get wasted, but all these people. So he would say, get them one of my, get me one of my beers. And you'd get one of these, it was a 60 calorie beer and he couldn't like, right. you know, Bob sized person, like yeah. couldn't drink them fast enough for it to be a problem. That's yeah, that's good. Do you know what a stupid instinct that is, by the way, for somebody walking into a bar to be like, Hey, guy who owns yeah. this bar they're idiots let me buy you a beer because that makes me feel like uh, a dude in a bar who yeah. like oh yeah i know the owner so my treat to make myself feel like a cool dude is to buy the owner of the bar a beer what is that instinct what is where that does is that weird, come from I don't know. yeah that is a weird custom yeah or just like a thing that some people do i don't i don't get it but like I guess it used to be a thing you like you buy your bartender a drink like cuz you want to drink with somebody and like so that makes some degree of sense to me and also oftentimes you're buying a drink for uh, the the hot young bartender you're perhaps trying to impress me. them in me. some way It was me at the time Yeah No there were, you were I was young Yeah How often were you the hot young bartender when you were there at, at They didn't know how old I was Yeah Anyway, stupid instinct to buy the owner. Whatever, of the lots bar of drink. people bought me drinks. I'm sure they did. There, uh, they don't have to be hot or young. There, there's this uh, this book that I was, I'm reading, uh, this Naked Mind. It's like some, I guess, some degenerate drunk who was writing a book about like, oh, stop drinking. Mm. That, 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 that's the angle. But uh, they, they go to some length to explain like it, it's alcohol, like one of those things where it's like you have to like justify why you're not doing it like it's not true of anything else it's like if you're yeah. like in a social setting there are all these eh. like random sugar pressure like hey why aren't you drinking like or you know like have a drink or i'll do the first round and you're just like ah i'm i'm good and it's never like left at that so i was like oh what, what are you pregnant come on Let's i mean just... i when someone doesn't want cake or cookies yeah i'm like hmm <laughs> Just what like there... one? Just like a bite? <laughs> no, none? Are you diabetic? Are you suddenly diabetic? That's, right. <laughs> That's true, but I... Lori's a fucking that... pusher. She's a, such a pusher that she won't eat ice cream unless I'm having ice cream. And That's so, like, not true at all. Oftentimes, you're like, I'm not going to have ice cream because you won't have ice cream. And yeah, sometimes you have the ice cream anyway. But I frequently feel pressured into having some sort of additional sugary treat late at night when I would it's prefer so not to. good. That's why the, the, the rise of these non-alcoholic drinks makes a lot of sense to me. Because it's yes. way easier to just order 
one yeah. of these goofy non-alcoholic beers at your local establishment and you can continue to socialize you still by all appearances seem to be drinking along with everyone else they're just as goddamn expensive and sometimes That's more true. so yeah. for utterly inexplicable reasons <laughs> no, to me it's I went, the same thing the as reason the that i have this sam adams just the haze is because i was at the grocery store and the Four pack of the Guinness non-alcoholic version was two dollars more expensive than the four pack of the regular full-powered Guinness, and I like in that moment I was like, ah, I'm not buying an alcohol-free Guinness for ten dollars when the alcohol full Guinness right. is eight dollars. So I went to some other part of it. It's like there's the Sam Adams they're, for the they're so good regular. It's price. also not the season for Guinness. You did the right thing. Yeah. And it's, I mean, yeah, they are getting much better at it. I don't know, was it O'Doul's? Like, that was like the only thing I can remember back in the, the olden days. One. Like, well, right? And now there's just so many varieties. It's crazy. We did have baseball this weekend. The, the kid is in the All-Star Tournament, which, as we've discussed before, ultimately feeds into the Little League World Series. We had our first game uh, at the end of Saturday uh, after the opening ceremonies on Friday night, which was my first exposure to the Little League Pledge Starts right off with God. The Little League Pledge is something that is recited before every official Little League game. Since when? In the tournament. Uh, Not in the regular season, but now that we're in the the tournament part of the season, they have them recite this over so that a person comes on the PA and like they, they introduce the kids, like it's very nice. Like they, they have the speakers set up and they're like, now we'll introduce the players and the kids all run out individually uh, recognized by name and they shake the umpire's hand and the, they slap hands with each other and all of that. And then they turn them around on the base path there and they said, please repeat after me the Little League pledge. And it starts, I trust in God. And then all the kids say, I trust in God. I love my country and will respect its laws. I will play fair and strive to win, but win or lose, I will always do my best. Now, the second half of that, I'm all fine with. Right. It is weirdly designed there on the front end with the trust in God and respect the laws of my country stuff. What's what? Yeah, what is with the indoctrination language there? What the like? What if you you you? I guess you have the choice of not mouthing that. Like, what if you just like? Ah. I don't know about this whole country business. I mean, yeah, I don't think they're gonna. I don't think they're gonna <laughs> kick you out of the <laughs> off the team for not properly enunciating the pledge in full. But it just feels weird, and it's the probably the aside from my kid, like you know, saying the pledge of allegiance, pledge of allegiance. which is just one nation under God, which is, yeah. still feels weird. Still feels weird. Yeah. But you know, at least that one is like. You can it's like separate from you. I mean, like it's just the no, nations under God. As but a kid, like, I wouldn't say me. the God part because I thought that you weren't supposed to say God. Because someone told me after I said God one time, someone said, "Don't take the Lord's name in vain." So just to be safe, I didn't uh-huh. say the God part of the Pledge of Allegiance for years, and I didn't understand how everyone else got away with it. It felt weird. This one, Lori, this Lori one. wasn't clear on what in vain meant. Uh, not at all. There are people who take it. Uh, Six years old, I was not clear that entirely on that. seriously. I stopped saying the under God part of the pledge when I was like fifteen or sixteen, probably because I was one of those obnoxious assholes. In fact, I stopped saying the pledge entirely. I think shortly after that, because I was one of those obnoxious assholes. <laughs> 
I still think it's weird to make kids recite the Pledge of Allegiance. It makes but, some people comfortable. Yeah. Uh, whatever. We got past the I trust in God stuff, and we yeah. played baseball. And it was great. Our first game, an absolute thriller. It was so good. We didn't know what to expect from us or from this other team. And uh, it ends up like we've played a lot of baseball this past few months. And rarely do you see a game that's like a well-pitched, well-defended sort of pitcher's duel when we're talking about young children throwing a baseball uh, because they're not very good at it uh, in a reliable sort of way. And even if they are pretty good at throwing the baseball, sometimes they can be too good where they're just throwing strikes too much in the strike zone and so that they get hit. And then uh, there's not reliable defense usually behind the pitcher. But that was not the case for us. And we were in a one-to-one pitcher's duel going into the bottom of the sixth inning. Their only run was unearned, though. Yeah, and their only run was because we made a stupid mistake and threw the baseball around a couple of times and allowed their... Uh, allowed their guy to score. So, I mean, our pitcher was just fantastic, and we get to the bottom of the sixth, and we get a runner on, and he advances around to third, and then we get a base hit to seal the deal, and it was just a a thrilling two-to-one victory. Are there uh, restrictions on the number of pitches? Is that still in play? All sorts, yeah. So this at this age, if you're... uh, Nine, ten years old, you can throw 75 pitches in a single outing. And gotcha. then you have to rest know, for five days. I didn't know that uh, that they maybe relax those rules when you're in this postseason kind of thing. Nope. Okay. Nope. And then there's all sorts of rules about, like, you can you can throw 20 pitches and then come back on zero days rest the very next day, but you can only do that two days in a row. If you do that, you, you're not permitted to throw three straight days. No matter how few pitches you've thrown, okay. But it was fun, and then the next day, right. the next day we won again. We won seventeen to two in the polar opposite version of the game that we played the day before, which was just awful pitching from both teams. Uh, we ended up winning seventeen to two via the slaughter rule, which is invoked after three innings. If you're up by fifteen runs after three innings, they just say. Uh, you win the game, and that's how we won that one. It was a terrible game, uh, and there's there's no getting around that fact. And, then and then we were supposed to play tonight, and we're not. We're doing this instead. Tonight we were rained out. We had a big thunderstorm come through, and we were supposed to determine it was going to be a the final game of this round was to determine who the number one seed would be. It was us, a 2-0 team against the only other 2-0 team in the field, and so we have postponed that until tomorrow, so we'll find that out tomorrow and it's actually like a very big deal because if we can get the number one seed we will play either a team that i'm confident that we will beat or a team or the same team that we beat on saturday afternoon so that would be a great thing to get the number one seed but more important than that that would put the two three game as what I believe to be the actual two best teams in the tournament, and they would one of them would knock the other one oh, out. And that. most importantly, they would that feels gross. They would believe <laughs> that they would have to use their best pitching to get through that game. So it, we would see a diminished version oh, of one of those two teams in the final. At the same time, we don't really want to win the tournament, do we? Oh, no, we really want to win the tournament. That would be amazing. Okay. Uh, 
schedule wise, that doesn't really it work. It makes things difficult for our personal lives, but what a cool thing it would be for the 10 year old boy to go to the state tournament. That would be awesome. When would that be held? Would that, that run would into be scheduling the, issues? I'm not around. After the 4th More of July. More important, where would that be so held? So it would be held July 6th, that weekend. I think it's the thir- Thursday Ninth. the 6th is when we uh, would, would have to like depart. And then the tournament takes place over the course of uh, the that 7th, weekend? 8th, and 9th, I think. Okay. In Abingdon, Virginia. Right, which is like this tiny little town in the southwest so corner like of the state. Virginia shaped kind of like that. Mm-hmm. Abingdon is right there. I think it's basically okay. Kentucky. Right? It's, no, it's basically Tennessee. Basically Tennessee. It's right yeah. above Bristol. It is a lovely place. I taught a class there. I love it there. Um, you've seen Big Fish, right? Yes. The the town he goes through, uh, Spectre, where everybody's just happy. And he's like, I could stay here forever. And they're like, yeah, you should. It's great here. It's everything you need. It's beautiful. That's what Abingdon is like. Strangely nice. Is there a reason why they're holding this there? there It just rotates from year to year. So for for the same reason that we happen to be hosting the district tournament this season by sheer luck of the draw, basically. Gotcha. But yeah, it's been fun. It's already 9.30, and I don't even know what we're going to talk about tonight. Oh, you know? we can just talk about baseball. Let's not talk about news. Abe, did you know that America's top-selling beer is no longer American? That's better. This is a better topic. <laughs> Had you not looked it up, would you have correctly guessed what the number one beer seller I mean, I looked is? it up because I saw it come across my Google News feed, and I wanted to verify it, but... Yeah, it's not the one that I would have guessed. Even if you told me, name the number, the top-selling beer in America, and I will give you a hint, it is a Mexican beer, I would have had probably two guesses before I got to the right answer, which I would have said, uh, I guess if you're telling me it's Mexican, is Corona really doing that well? All right, I guess so. Those Pops Howard has anything those, to do with those it. Those Snoop Dogg ads are uh, amusing, I suppose. Perhaps that's working for them. So, we have a bunch uh, of it in our refrigerator. In, in the in the meathead sports, you know, the prize fighting, uh, MMA, UFC, that sort of thing, they uh, push heavily this Modelo. A lot of commercials are about, mm. oh, this guy. Yeah, during the NFL season too, right? Like there's yeah, there's, I guess, yeah, there's that right. commercial with that that like very aggressive and like manly music that plays during right. it. <laughs> I don't know how to should know that it. Bob was doing a manly gesture. I went, oh, man, stuff. <laughs> anyway, Modelo is the correct answer. Modelo Especial is the Mexican lager brewed near Mexico City, which has over, overthrown Bud Light from the top of the heap. Honestly, I mean, you know, my, my guess, you know, without, like, looking at it, I would think Budweiser would be number one. Not Bud Light, but Budweiser, so I'm off on that. But, like, I would not have guessed Modelo was even in the top five. It'd be like finding out like Atlanta was like the second largest city or something. There's no way that's true, but I guess it is. Modelo was even in the top five before they overtook. Right. Well, uh, the the news on it is suggesting that it's because of, in large part, because a lot of Hispanic Americans drink the shit out of Modelo. So right. So is it? the Modelo sales are higher than they usually are, or they stay put and then Bud Light because of the the nonsense uh, went under their normal. So it's a 
combination of things. Four weeks ending on June 3rd, Modelo captured 8.4% of U.S. retail beer sales, with Bud Light falling to second place with 7.3%, according to uh, this data firm. Dollar sales were equally grim for Bud Light during that period. Sales fell 24.4%, while Modelo's grew 12.2%. So it's an... Appears that Modelo is capturing some percentage of the uh, falling Bud Light sales. Bud Light sales are falling for what reason, Abe? Why don't you explain to I, everybody <laughs> why? I guess there was a targeted marketing initiative on social media that a bunch of people took offense to. People who weren't being targeted for that marketing, mind you, uh, and uh, they got all carried away like kid rock started shooting at the bud light and other people started making a big noise about it right some marketing brain genius at anheuser-busch sent a one-off beer can to a trans influencer named dylan mulvaney with her face on it right so they they printed a special can which i imagine is fairly easy for uh, the largest beer maker in america to do they didn't print a hundred thousand of them and send them out to stores for Pride Month or anything like that with her face on them. They just sent it to this one person in the hopes that uh, this one person would then hold it up next to her face while taking a selfie video and put it on TikTok and Instagram and all of that stuff. And they would get some uh, LGBTQ cred at the at the start of uh, Pride season. And it seems to have backfired spectacularly. Right, and, and and I guess the logic behind this pushback, because again, this wasn't marketed nationwide. They didn't produce a bunch of these cans, right? It's just like a one-off, like you said, has no impact on anyone else. But it's from what I, I assume, like people ha- identify with the, the, the beer that they buy, like Bud Light means something to the people who buy Bud Light. And this is not that, and so they took great offense because, like, you know, I drink whatever you give me, right? So, like, if somebody did, like, a targeted thing to Pate Manning or some asshole, right? Like, it, it would have nothing to do with my buying that product, right? Because I don't associate myself with whatever beer is in front of me, right? But for, I guess, they're, they're for Bud Light consumers, they're not, oh, just give me whatever. Cor- you got Coors Light? I'll get that. You know, Miller Light? I'll get that. They're like, no, Bud Light, that's me. That's who I am, my my pappy drank it, and you know my whole family drinks it. It's like it is one of those things. Like and I that's think why so. Taking so offense? at first, I would have sort of dismissed that sort of thing as as ludicrous. But the more I thought about it, the drinking of Bud Light was almost certainly already a sort of political act by these people. Like there is, or at, or at least a culturally relevant act. By certain people in terms of their I mean, it's like a Chevy and Ford identity. thing, right? Right. Or like, I mean, is a pickup truck? Is that, is, I mean, there are so many yeah, pickup trucks. Yeah, but the, these rednecks, sorry, yeah. will have like, like I'm a Ford guy and I'm a Chevy guy. Right. It's like they're, I, ident- like they're they have tattoos of right, the that, yeah, logo. That. And it's like, yeah, it's, it's passed down. Like my dad drove a Chevy and his right. dad drove a Chevy and... It's right, like, you know, and okay, I understood. I've always understood the like, you know, the they wanted to buy like the American versions of the cars and not like whatever import. But this is more drilled down to a specific yes. brand, um, brand of American car. It's not and like it's specifically Ford and Chevy. Yeah, 
Right. And they, and they have thoughts on the other. Like if they're one thing, they have like negative opinions of the others. Like, oh, you drive that piece right. of shit. And I think, I think that sort of thing is very stupid, obviously. But it's also the sort of thing that has been cultivated by these brands over the yeah, course that, of yeah. many, many, many years, right? Right. This is a thing that they know and a thing that they focus on uh, to the point of having like commercials where the brands like fucking fight each other, right? We even had – we used to have the – the halftime show with the stupid beer bottles would would play football against each other. What was that even called? The halftime the Bud show? Bowl or something like there was. They they had this thing where for the Super Bowl, the different beer brands would face off against each other in a stupid stop motion animation. I'm drawing a blank. Yeah, I'm not sure that was it. Like a a commercial for, during the Super Bowl. They, I, I, I don't remember this. I remember it. those frogs making noises. Yeah, the Bud Bowl. It was called. When was the last Bud Bowl? There were eight Bud Bowl Bud Bowls in all, with the last one recorded in 1997. Okay, I'm gonna pull up the Wikipedia here. The Bud Bowl was a stop motion anim. I knew I didn't Spring, imagine this. Just play this. the commercial. They're here on YouTube. Football fans, get ready for the battle of the century as unbeaten Budweiser takes on undefeated Bud Light. It's Bud versus Bud Light in Bud Bowl 1. Pick up your official scorecard wherever you see this display. Hey, Bud, super idea. You see the neck on that guy? Use it to follow the action and you could win. So get ready, get set. On January 22nd, Bud Bowl 1. This time, it's for real. doesn't look right at all. Let's watch the Bud Bowl 3. But I still around. Chris Berman for Bud Bowl Update. It's been almost a year since that controversial Bud <laughs> Bowl gave Bud Wise the win in Bud up. Bowl 2. They got Bud Wise struck back. He looks so much younger. Quarterback sensation Bud Dry. It's top draft choice. Big and bold with that rifle Bud arm. Dry, definitely Bud not Dry a thing is the anymore. coolest thing to hit the BFL since Bud Ray Joe. Will Bud Dry sign in time for Bud Bowl 3? Bud Bowl Update will keep you informed as his all-important story Okay, developed. so this was like Bud on Bud football violence. Okay. Not yeah. is is uh, Bud Dry like a early take on non-alcoholic beer? I don't think so. I think it just had a different taste. Okay. You know what? Because I always thought like the champagne of beers tasted dry. I thought that uh, what's the name of that fucking beer that I don't like? Coors, uh, the, the High Life beer. Bud oh, Dry has an even lighter top. Okay, Bud Dry has an even lighter hop top note. Wow. All right. Do they still make it? No. Anyway, the <laughs> point here is that uh, these brands cultivated this sort of uh, this sort of culture war stuff before it became like full on culture war stuff. Yes. Yeah. And to the point where a few years ago, when we were in Greenville and I had forgotten to pack a bathing suit, I realized I needed a bathing suit. Oh, you went and You just went naked. Wait, wait, <laughs> wait. No. I asked him. Did you pack your bathing suits? And he said, yeah. And he had not. Because shit at packing. I'm amazing at packing. You don't have a process, valve. You didn't check the box? He just no, said he yes? No, he doesn't. Of course I have a process. My process involved getting my bathing suit out and putting it in a nice, neat pile on a shelf in the closet and then forgetting to pack from that shelf. It was just... It's a process. It doesn't mean it's a good process. Anyway, I needed a bathing suit, and it was a family trip, Abe, so no, I was not just going nude or just in whatever underpants I had handy. And it's not like, you know, the Walmart is six minutes down the street. It's not like we were (laughs) incapable of 
providing ourselves with the necessaries. So I went down to Walmart and I uh, was browsing their bathing suits and I realized quickly that I wasn't going to get a bathing suit. Like your options are get a normal bathing suit, but you know, it's Walmart, so it's probably not going to be a great fit or anything like that. Right. Or get uh, what would be to me a novelty bathing suit and 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 an ugly bathing suit and uh, you know amuse the gathered family with my wow. choice of bad bathing suit and so I got one that had a bunch of like silly neon designs that looked like it sort of came out of like Zach Morris might have worn uh, in Saved by the Bell oh, or okay. something like very very bright and colorful and not in keeping with my general aesthetic right. obviously. And then I also saw a pair of board short bathing suits that just had the Bud Light, like they're bright blue, and it just said Bud Light like 47 times all over them. It's like, that's my other pair of shorts. I don't drink Bud Light. I don't care for it. I would never buy it, but I'm buying that bathing suit. Very hipster thing he did there. Yeah, Yeah. because it's sort of like I'm buying it ironically, right? In the same way that I used to have like... Uh, sincere Christian T-shirts. We have the stuff still. We just don't display it as right. Much. No, but I like I had T-shirts that would like the property of God T-shirt uh. that I would <laughs> that I had. Like I'm not going to wear sincerely the property of God T-shirt, uh, but I will. I'll wear it around the house, but I'm not going to no, wear it out in the world. Just right? to see the reaction, people giving you thumbs up. Ah, oh, my kind of man. Right, but I bought. So I'm saying even I engaged, ironically, in the weird cultural significance of this stupid beer brand some number of years ago and continue to because I still have the bathing suit. And I still think it's pretty fucking funny to wear the Bud Light bathing suit. Uh, I don't have a very good sense of humor, obviously. (laughs) But uh, the point is, is that I think that Bud Light is sort of reaping what they've sown here to a certain extent. Do I think that it is silly to boycott a beer brand because they sent a trans influencer a can with her face on it. Uh, yes, I think that is very silly that if that is the beer that you drink to get drunk with your buddies around a fire in your backyard, uh, that should not have any sort of an impact on you continuing to do that going forward. But I also think, as evidenced by me buying that bathing suit some number of years ago, that having a sort of cultural attachment to one particular light beer brand over another is incredibly silly. Especially yeah. given our very real-life experiment proving they are all the same. That's true. We had the the taste test on the, the old Bob and Abe show many, oh, many years ago. That's right. Totally forgot well, we had that. it on Mike's deck more years ago. Right, but we recorded the results for the show, didn't yeah. we? Yeah. Anyway, do you see what I'm saying here? That there's like this the the, the double-sided backlash to this yeah. I think is ultimately on the assholes at the marketing assholes at at AB InBev for not realizing what they were getting themselves into. And like they they've cultivated this culture for many years and then now they're reaping what they sow from it. So the the second point is uh, you know they did cultivate this uh or took it uh, you know maybe it was like a natural thing that came up, you know, maybe some NASCAR driver did a lot of the heavy lifting, and there was associations with that, and they, you know Budweiser just ran with it, right? Like they didn't cultivate it. Let's say I don't know, I don't know the origins of this, but they, they're aware that a good segment of their their drinking population comes from that world. Uh, this, like again, direct 
marketing thing was basically like, hey, this person has, I don't know how many million followers on whatever platform, right? We can get even more drinkers. They're young. They're like, you know, liberal. They're whatever. A new market, you know, we can get more, right? So they're thinking, we're not going to make this wider, you know, out of deference to these other bozos, right? And and what happened, which I imagine they did not anticipate, is that somebody ginned up this controversy. Right? Someone went out of their way to get the picture or image of the, you know, hey, Budweiser, send me this thing, like that post, right? And they shared right. it with the, you know, the conservative circuit, right? And it gets all these people get animated. Oh, my God, I can't believe it, blah, blah, blah. All of it is just manufactured initially. And then, like, it becomes a real thing. And then higher profile types like Kid Rock and others make a big stink because, oh, I can't believe it. Like somebody else is also drinking beer. That can't be. You know, they're getting rid of it at some of their, you know, bars that they have. It just becomes very silly, right? So like reap what you sow in a sense. Like it's kind of hard to say that in this case it's valid. I mean, they should have been aware of it, but like I don't think they could have anticipated that we've gotten to the point where people are going out of their way to be offended by something. And they're hey, creating there these scenarios. Are, there are countless stories that you can read online in, in legitimate news sources every day that reference the public mood on something by referring to a tweet yes. that has four retweets by an individual who has 13 followers right. and follows 250 people on the internet, right? Like, right. Th- this is something that like we we associate the entirety of what the public thinks off of uh sending stupid mid-level journalists to poke twitter with a stick and see what falls out uh to get the opinions of the american populace how did you not know that i i don't know anything about dylan mulvaney's uh, uh social reach except to say that i know that it is significant that she right. has a, a massive the millions, right Right. She had millions of followers online. How did you not know that this was going to end up on The Five on Fox, end up as, as something that Jesse Waters is going to talk about constantly? Matt Walsh, that piece of shit, talk about endlessly. It's too easy for people like that. Oh, do you want to talk about the thing that happened with the school? What happened with the school? The video that was leaked. Yeah, I guess we could do that, too. And uh, then, wait. did you see yesterday the stuff posted on the Neighborhood Facebook, or did you miss it? Because it was taken down. No, I saw it briefly, but I didn't get to see the whole discussion around it. Okay. This is well, a local thing? Much. or Yeah, very hyper-local stuff. There was, a, there was an article that made its way around, Lori... Shall I read the email? Sure. Okay. Subject... Media using unauthorized video of Johnson students. Dear Johnson families, a video taken at our year-end school-wide morning meeting has been featured on three conservative news sites over the past week, and we have learned this afternoon that Fox News is planning to run the video on a program this evening. The video features Johnson students reading an alphabet book about LGBTQ acceptance. This was a student-led activity that was part of the school's monthly school-wide morning meeting celebrating the end of the school year. The school division did not authorize the release of this video to media, and we are investigating to find out how this occurred. 
Releasing images or videos of our students to media without division permission is a violation of school policy. That said, our lawyer has advised us that we do not have recourse to request that the video be removed. We are very sorry that this occurred. Ms. Thompson, principal, former, not because of this, has spoken directly with the families of the children who are featured in the video. More about the school-wide morning meeting featured in the video. Each month, grade-level teachers coordinate the morning program, sometimes working with their students. For the June meeting, fourth-grade students took the lead to coordinate the program. As one part of the summer celebration, they decided to read an alphabet book about LGBTQ acceptance, which included words like belonging, gender, and kindness. The goal of these morning meetings is to build a stronger and more inclusive learning environment where all students feel safe, welcomed, and respected. Our school division school division fully supports the Johnson Elementary School leadership in providing the time for our students to connect and learn from one another. Thank you very much. Yeah, and so I was able to Google up, because I hadn't seen this in my... Bob doesn't read his email. ...general... No, I mean, I hadn't seen the original stories uh, until it got sent around by our uh, local school board and they didn't link to it so I had to google around and find it and I found it I'm not going to play the video here out of uh, deference to the privacy of the children involved and you know, need to hear their voices anyway uh, but I will read from this article at the Daily Signal which is apparently some conservative website that trucks in this sort of content Related to the Daily Caller or just like a different outfit? I think it's a different thing. I don't think they're related. Uh, An elementary school in Charlottesville, Virginia, encouraged fourth graders to lead a Pride Month celebration of LGBTQ plus gender ideology during a school-wide monthly meeting video obtained by the Daily Signal shows. Video shows a little girl at Johnson Elementary School speaking into a microphone and telling a crowd of assembled children who are all sitting on the ground that LGBTQ plus stands for lesbian, gay, bisexual, trans, queer. At one point, a man who appears to be assistant principal... So-and-so walks through the crowd of children and leads one away by the hand. Cool, another girl says cheerfully. Now let's have a book about Pride Month. And then they go on to uh, read this ABC book where they give the the ABCs of pride or something like that. They are words like kindness. Like G is not for gender. No, G is, I think, for gender, yeah. But... It's not L is not necessarily for lesbian. Uh, B is not for bisexual. But they did say those words at the start of the presentation. And in the video, uh, it's being led by, as a matter of fact, one of our neighbors, this kid that we've known for some years now. In the background, you see other kids that we've known for many years. You can see our daughter. Katie's front and center. You can see her back. You can see her. She's not in the presentation. She's just fake. You know it's her because I know, like, I only know because she's my daughter. Right. I picked out, I picked her out right away. I know the, I know my daughter's head from the back even, obviously, so. Is this, maybe I missed the first part. Is is it, is it like a, just a parent that took video of this and shared? Like, how did, who who recorded it? It seems like it would either, it would either have to be a parent who was permitted to be on campus because. You all are. We are. If you want to come attend this, the monthly meeting, then you can say, you know, you check in at the front desk and you you say, here we are. And then you can be there. Uh, Or it plausibly could have been an employee, although I sort of have my doubts about that. The article doesn't really harp on this fact, but it is the case that 
this isn't just a presentation by fourth graders to fourth graders. It's a presentation to the entire gathered school. I think kindergarten and up, maybe just first grade and up would come to this sort of thing. I'm not sure. And the, the school's defense about how this is a student-led activity and teachers didn't drive any of this strikes me as uh, as somewhat absurd. I mean, and that's the thing I believe most, and knowing who it was that was doing the reading. But is 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 that are, are they raising that point that you find hard to believe because the thrust of the the way that it's packaged in the conservative circles is the schools are indoctrinating the kids? Right. That that is the way it would be uh sent around certainly on conservative Twitter. The next day, a client of mine said, "Are you concerned with what your children are learning in their school?" Wow. So this- And I said, no, I'm concerned about what they're not learning. Right. Yes. <laughs> also, I mean, so like, I guess there are, I don't know, a p- parent or whatever, this, they're just like seeking like this sort of content to like send up to the, the people that they follow in the hopes that it gets like used for the five or whatever. Is this like just fodder for just people complaining? Because, like, you know, no one's uh, taking uh, video footage at the Little League about the, hey, you're going to say these words. I trust in God. Like, oh, no problem there. Totally fine with that. But right. this so, is. Obviously, uh, I think that there's a large appetite for getting children, like children in schools saying words that a certain percentage of the population would prefer simply not be on their minds or not be pronounced out of their mouths or not be heard by like not not putting the question in the head of the six and seven and eight-year-olds gathered like bisexual like what what six-year-old needs to be walking around thinking about the word bisexual it's not clear to me it doesn't bother me particularly because I think that I could explain it dismissively in such a way that, like, they would just never think about it again, That's right? That's the thing with all this outrage about, like, parents need to be involved in their children's education. Like, okay, yeah, be that. Yeah, be involved. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's not easy, but you can do that. Right. So, but that's what they think they're doing when they object to this sort of content know, being— but when what they should do instead is just at home say like that's not cool in this house apparently like it's not about not so so this is where i start to defend the people who get outraged about this stuff and not necessarily from the same position uh from which they're drawing their outrage but fr- simply from an empathetic understanding of feeling like things are being thrust upon you that aren't within your value system that you didn't agree to and that it's being presented as something that is entirely morally neutral or morally good and that your position is the morally bigoted one. That's like just what Abe said about putting God in the Little League thing. It's the same thing. But but I've just dealt with it my whole life. I I'm acknowledging that fact, right? So that there's there's a much less likely, because of our culture, it's a much less likely thing that a bunch of people who've gathered for a Little League All-Star game are going to be put off by, I trust in God, being the first phrase of the 
little league pledge that the kids are asked to say. Like you're just not going to get a lot of people who balk at that. And the ones that do, like uh, me, aren't going to raise any sort of a stink about it because ultimately I don't care. I've had conversations about God with my child. I'm fairly confident that he's not going to be meaningfully indoctrinated That's in any thing. way we whatsoever. We don't feel the need to shelter them because we parent. Right. I'm saying that that is not the case for a whole bunch of other people, and it's not just on the LGBTQ stuff. It's on all sorts of things, right? So there are people who would uh, – well, whatever. That's not the conversation I want to have. What I'm saying is that the anyone who would be arguing for this presentation to go on as it did by these children to this group of gathered children would not be making the case that we are making – that we are thrusting our unique value system on these kids, they would simply say, this is a presentation that is about equality and and equity and equal treatment and treating everyone with respect and love. And this is all about individual freedom and, and respecting an individual's right to do whatever they want with their lives. And this is entirely morally neutral, that this is not, in fact, an, an affirmative attempt to indoctrinate anyone into anything. And any objection to it, even the smallest little bit of objection to it, is a bigoted reaction that any attempt to say i just don't want this in the schools because i don't think this is that you should do math and reading and engineering and uh learn some social studies along the way like that's that should be the purview of the schools and any of this other stuff i just don't think it's the place of the schools to do this that is that will be reacted to as you're being a homophobe you're being right. uh, some sort of awful christian conservative i understand why you would react to that in an antagonistic way which is this is it's not the case that it's entirely morally neutral it's sort of a lie to say that this is a morally neutral act in the context of a society that has not in fact agreed to the, the these changing terms in any way and you need only look at recent polling about American acceptance of gay marriage to know that the the wider push, the, the ongoing push for uh, this stuff to become more than just a neutral fact that homosexuals should be permitted to marry one another and be treated equally under the law, that was fine 10 years ago, right? We sort of got – it was just up and up and up. That level of acceptance yeah. keep, kept – going up and up and up. And then at some point since uh, 2016 or so, when everything became that much more fraught, when everything became an existential battle for life and death and all the, the gender ideology stuff became a bigger part of this conversation, people have turned started to turn against it. And you'll see more of that the more that this gets presented as simply the natural evolution of a, of a, of a morally neutral thing, people will push back against it. When was... Uh... Oberfell. Was that 2015? Like the Supreme Court decision? Yeah, yeah 15. Made it. Yep, yeah, okay. 2015. So yeah, so, so you're, you're, you're drawing a connection to like after that, like there, there's been like a... Well, hey, it, was, it was Trump. Okay. I it think, wasn't that. I think that, I think that Trump... I'm, I'm not saying that Trump doesn't happen without Obergefell, but a lot of 
the trumpeting, I think, can be pointed – you can point at Ober- Obergefell and say, yes, I, as I've said many times, this is probably the right moral outcome, but this is not any way to get there. Anthony Kennedy's uh, reasoning is fairly bogus. I don't remember the precise details, but I've written about it in the past. Uh, but it is a thrusting of a massive change on the entire nation all at once in much the same way that the abortion decision was, the, the Roe v. Wade decision was. Uh, I, back have in inter- I have two interesting things to say. 1973, yeah. Okay, one of them – I think it was two interesting things. Well, one of them – you know how we watch these Christian movies and the people in the Christian movies seem to – because a devout, devout Christian, their whole life, their whole being is about this one thing. It's Jesus and the thing. They fail to imagine that anyone else's life is not singularly focused so they it's like if someone's talking about being gay that's their whole life and it's clearly something they disagree with which goes along with this christian thing that's uh that this is the same part and then i have another thought um so much of christianity modern christianity is getting people to join and like trying to help people and bring people into the fold right. and they they can't get in their heads that you being gay is not trying to get me to be gay where me being christian is trying to get you like i wish I so much that you were christian you should come with me and be christian it's great like they can't imagine that someone can just be gay and it's not going to it, it's not running their life and they're not trying to recruit it's except just that a what thing. they are trying, except that what they are trying to recruit is all of the pride stuff, right? So you are, there are, you're mandated to participate in some of, the, like I, I'm not in okay, corporate America. Okay, but that brings me to my second thought, which is, we live in a Judeo-Christian country. It like it's like being offended that we're celebrating Christmas. Yeah. Like we're celebrating Christmas as a country. It's a religious holiday. Be okay with it. There's God in the Pledge of Allegiance and in the Little League thing and in the Boy Scouts thing. And it's just fine because it's what our country is. And it's just like you got to be okay with there being gay people and talking about it. Like it's it doesn't have to be everything. Just allow it to be. It's part of being American is accepting people for what they are and also it's kind of a Christian country. That's fine. Then – don't hand over your – the San Jose Sharks don't hand over your Twitter feed to the LGBTQ organization and your – like don't make your hockey players wear gay pride jerseys or your baseball players wear gay pride jerseys. Don't have the – that group of trans nuns or whatever that was at the what? Los Angeles Dodgers stadium show trans- up and what? make fun of – there's some group of like the little sisters of perpetual outrage or some whatever I don't know what they are, but it's a it's a group that satirizes uh, the Catholic Church and oh, they God. invited them to the Los Angeles Dodgers Stadium uh, for to be celebrated for Pride Month and then you look at the actual celebration video and it's like 
before an entirely empty stadium, two hours before the baseball game started, they they announced them and said, you get this recognition for being who you are. Thanks from Dodger Nation or whatever. And then that was it. And like there are 150 people in the stands and it turned into this massive thing in conservative media for two weeks because of it. It's very stupid. I understand what you're saying about uh, the way that so much of Christianity seems to be about uh, proselytizing uh, and that maybe they think that because they have to endure the LGBTQ stuff, they're being proselytized at, and that's where they get all of this stuff about but it's, it's groomers like they're, and yeah, whatnot. It, they're, it's, we are indoctrinating kids and they're groomers. It's like, no, they're not. But I know that that's what you're doing, and and that's okay, but that's not what everyone is doing. Right. I think it's ridiculous to suggest that they're trying to convince a generation to become gay or become sexually deviant or whatever, but I don't think it's ridiculous to suggest that there is a concerted effort to fucking paint the rainbow flag all over everything and to—, to I mean that that is what the the activist class is doing something right like the it's not like they're doing nothing there are these people who devote a great deal of energy and uh fully indoctrinate their kids to the point where it is believable that this is a student led thing that a couple of 9 and 10 year olds would decide that they want to read the ABCs of pride or or ABCs of LGBTQ uh to their elementary school right. because, because they have the parents are doing it not the schools right i'm I, i'm not saying that the target is necessarily correct i'm saying that the phenomenon that they're reacting against is 100% real so you, you know i do wonder if part of this uh this pushback. I mean, you're right. You know, I guess one argument, like you said, Bob, is that this is all happening to the people that are, are experiencing it this way. It's all happening so fast. Like the, all these changes are happening so fast, and they're trying to push back against it. But like for for most of those people, like a lot of the stuff that somebody would find issue with, like you know, with the Pledge of Allegiance, or like, hey, you're going to recite whatever I tell you about God, or the militarization of like sporting events hey we're gonna have a the fucking military do a flyover mm-hmm. for some reason right like oh, okay and now let's play football and you know for most of the people that are either you know okay with it or ambivalent about it or against it it's just part of life in america and maybe roll your eyes and you move on basically it's like people are They've experienced this many, many times in the past, and it's nothing, and it's no big thing, right? And maybe this is like for the first time, like, because they're into all of that, right? The, oh, yeah, look at that helicopter flying over. Yeah, that's no fine. objection. The I believe in God thing, no problem. This is a, one but of the But who are we first... talking about here? Because I have because I have an objection to the military relationship do with the NFL. Do you post it on Fox News and make a big right. stink yeah. about it? Or do you roll your eyes, joke about it with your friends, and move and, on with right. your life? Because you know it's just part of living in America. Right, and, and so that's why maybe because like this is like— Oh, I, this is a new thing. Usually everything's catered towards what I'm already into. And now one of the few times where why not just roll your eyes? Like, this is kind of silly. But like, I mean, if anything, I mean, this is the world your kids are going to be in, right? You think that this is not going to be it? Like in at the least they're, they're getting ready for that, right? So like, at least they're being – this is going to be it. Like it doesn't matter. Your little protest online is not going to stop this, right? This is how it's going to be in 10, 15 years. And so – what is like I don't understand this like 
I guess I understand the 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 pushback because like I don't agree with it. I understand that part, but just like this is not going to change, though, right? Like you think this is because I assume like going back to the Bud Light topic, people are going to find some sort of comfort in that sales are down for Bud Light, and now that th- this is going to be a chilling effect for other companies. Like no, they're going to continue doing outreaches and like. Because there, there's money to be made in this field. Even if you're like a cynical capitalist, which all these companies are, they don't give a shit about any of this stuff, right? They're just trying to make money. And so they see that there's money to be had pursuing these uh, avenues, right? And the so world that we live in, The world that we live in is also demonstrably worse because of the uproar over Target having their pride displays. It's demonstrably worse because of the Los Angeles Dodgers selling special trans pants that allow for a tuck in the in the. the I mean, this is absurd that worse I have to in say which those way, words. Though, right? I mean, it's, I, I, it's, 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 demonstra- it's demonstrably worse for having made a Dylan Mulvaney can and sent it out to Dylan Mulvaney. It's worse for trans people in a palpable way because we've had. Some large percentage of obnoxious people that we don't care for. I don't believe that they are right about anything about the world, but it made them very mad. But and that you was can a either, deliberate you thing, can, right? You can either choose right. to say that we don't want to share a country with these people because they're wrong, or you can choose to say it would be better if instead Bud Light, Anheuser InBev, a, a conglomerate, a multi-billion dollar multinational uh, beer conglomerate that uh, makes obscene profits on the back of uh, making people drunk and giving them uh, health, problem, health problems long term and maybe causing them cancer and heart disease, right? Right. All of these things. Maybe it would be better if instead they didn't involve themselves with such stupid nonsense as uh, uh, the, the stupid pride culture wars. Like, what are you doing? It would. Uh, I also further agree it would be better if the NFL didn't have a weird relationship with the military and they didn't do uh, uh, plane flyovers. I think that would be a better world to live in, too. And I think uh, you can make a similar argument that it makes the world demonstrably worse that we have this weird militaristic, uh, pro-military, patriotic culture that venerates uh, displays of that sort of power and allows for uh, billion, uh, uh, trillion-dollar defense budgets every single year. I think that's bad. Uh, it's bad for everybody. But at the same time, I think it only makes life worse for the people that the activist class think that they're going to be helping by insisting that all of these brands, uh, like if you don't have the, the stamp of approval from the Trevor Project and from the, uh, the gay and le- the GLAAD alliance or whatever they are, I don't know that, in, that, that stuffing this sort of stuff down everyone's throats in a way that we've done especially since 2020 i don't like whose life was made meaningfully better because of the end racism uh, logos on uh, nfl helmets yeah. right what was improved by all of that the the nba bubble stuff where they had all of the they had the jerseys that had the anti-racist slogans on them the, the players could come up with their own stuff right, right. like none of this contributes to anything besides the culture war, right? And if the end result of all of it is just to make life meaningfully worse for the people that you're attempting to help, like you're not going to change. I'm sorry, as Lori is saying, this is the country we live in. You're not 
like the it's why Hillary's deplorables comment is the is the biggest stupidest mistake in the history of politics. Well, was she proven the, wrong, right? I mean, what do you mean? Like she was just no, on. <laughs> she's one hundred percent right, Abe. But she's a politician right. who wanted to the, represent three hundred and thirty right. million Americans, right. not one hundred and fifty million Americans. Right. right? That's the difference. Right. Is that you cannot have you can't you cannot sustain a pluralistic society if you're going to be at constant war with one another where one side believes that the other side doesn't think that they want that they should be permitted to exist or that they will breed them out of existence through generational shifts right that 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 somehow conservatism or this particular conservative christian outlook is just a function of age which i'm sorry it's not it's born over and over again generation after generation it's never going away right and as things get better socially as we feel better about the fact that more and more people have civil rights and have the the civil liberties and by the way we're already there trans people can't be discriminated against against uh, uh, in in the workplace according to current federal law as handed down by this supreme court right <laughs> as right. handed down by the roberts court right. so like the, the 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 facts on the ground are that and so having the stupid culture war fights in the guise of helping these populations when all it does is exacerbate the divide and makes it impossible for us to live with one another. I agree with you both. They're fucking wrong. They're not going anywhere. No, they're not going anywhere. But like, don't go anywhere. Tell your kids when they get home, we, you're not allowed to be gay in this house. Like if that's what's normal in this country, you can't, you can't be that here. Just like be okay with it being okay for everyone else and not you. Right. And also, I mean, uh, I will say uh, the shoving it down people's throat. Like again, in some respects, I can I can see that perspective, but in many other cases, people are opening up their mouths and they're shoving it down their own throats. Like people are seeking this content. I mean, again, the Bud Light thing was not directed at you. You sought it. This target thing, I would have never heard about it until somebody sought it out, right? People are going out of their way to be offended by stuff, right? And and you don't want to get to a point where like the squeaky wheel gets the grease kind of thing because like, oh, let's make some concessions because they're being they're upset because of some ad or whatever. Like, all right. I mean like you can be upset, but like should like you can make an argument uh, whether or not it's good to do this micro-targeting as far as a company goes, right? But that's separate from don't do that because some yokel is going to shoot at a can, right? Like that, that, that cannot weigh in into your decision-making process, right? Because at that point, what is the idea? Just like it almost – I mean like if it wasn't like a domestic thing, if it was like a foreign America thing, it would be like a terrorist kind of thing where you're like – we're going to inflict pain on you to do what we want you to do. Like, and that's not how things should be like, and it's possible that, you know, like all of those numbers with the gay marriage issue over the years, it happened because people were kind of pressing the issue and, uh, people were exposed to like gay characters on television and people knew friends and family who were gay. And eventually people came to some acceptance and the numbers are what they are. It's not like that happened magically. It's not like people say, well, oh, everybody's cool with gay marriage now because it organically happened. There was efforts behind all of that to get it to this point. And so who's to say that we're not undergoing similar efforts in, in the trans uh, arena, right? I mean, maybe in a few years people will digest all of this stuff 
and then things will... It wasn't the efforts of Target and Bud Light. It was the efforts of people like Andrew Sullivan making academic and making heartfelt and logical and, and, and writing about this for years, right? And then and convincing uh, people with uh, relevant uh, power and authority to actually make change, right. that this is the sort of thing that matters. It wasn't the fucking companies but companies but why are the companies doing it though they're doing it because they ran the numbers and they think they can make money off this right like should companies not be able to do that do they think they can make money off of this why else would they be doing this you think that they're trying to lose money right no they right or or maybe they're being compelled by people who will otherwise make their lives fucking miserable right i don't know do you think that that's what you don't think like at least with i don't know with targets i don't know what the market share that they're trying to get but like with the bud light thing any whomever is drinking our shit is positive right and so like hey this this big trans character is has all these followers and they're like a influencer or whatever and maybe some of those people uh you know will buy our stuff like yay right so they've in other words the, the the marketing department at budweiser was captured by a bunch of young people who were brought into their uh, a bunch of recent college grads who decided that the what you're saying essentially is that the market that Bud Light has successfully uh, had a shoehorn in for many, many years uh, wasn't enough. And instead, we're going to branch out and we will forsake that market with the belief that nothing that we say is going to have a negative impact on our ability to sell beer to them. And maybe we can just expand it, right? Right. Not, and it, w- not- it would have worked if it weren't for this uh, concoction of like, let's raise the elevate this issue to well, like-minded people. Okay, but like, I don't know. You're poking a hornet's nest when you send somebody with uh, 10 million followers. This like I don't know. I, it's I just such don't an get inoffensive it. thing. I mean, what 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 horn like right? Maybe I'm, I'm not saying I'm offended. I'm saying no, no, it's no. obvious that these saying. assholes and and, and, <laughs> right. and the proof is in the fucking pudding right. over the last three months where it's been all anybody's talked about. No, right? I, like like I get like stuff w- with people's children, right? I can't see how that's like a, like why do you like care that somebody made? Like, I agree. Well, right? It's very stupid to care, and I think it's very obvious that they were going to care. I'm not saying that they're right to care. I'm saying that the medium is the message. Right. I'm saying that the, the Neil Postman book explains all of this, right? right? Which is that we are living in a time where since 2016, or if you want to say since George Floyd, or since uh, Ferguson in 2014, that we've always had these events. All, right. of these, all of these sorts of things have always happened, and nobody fucking noticed, right? right. Because the, the medium is what matters, right? The way that all of this information was conveyed to us was by uh, big national news organizations, and if you wanted to find out about uh, some crazy shit that you disagreed with, you found out about it when you went down to the corner store to buy a 40 and a bunch of scratch-offs, and you talked with the good old boys down there. Right. It's like, oh, oh, man, this is all fucked up. World's going to hell. You hear what they're talking about in the schools yep and then you go home and you fucking fall asleep on the recliner and your wife is fucking tired of your shit right and that's the end of it but now it's something else entirely right Right. the way that this information is conveyed it's all the same fucking stories but it's but it's an entirely different way of conveying information that works on our brains in fundamentally different ways right and I, uh, I, I would, uh, you know, for the older people, right? People that were around when, you know, they had the three major newscasts at night, and there weren't that many outlets, and there certainly wasn't the internet as we know it today. And so, where they got their information was limited. I mean, 
you know, CNN came around at some point, but it, before that, there wasn't 24-hour access to news. It was like the evening news, you got the local news, you got your local paper, maybe another uh, paper, but you didn't have that many outlets for information. And so I would wonder, like, people who are like, oh, things were so much better then. It's like you – the sources for your information, most of them are still available. You can still have a news diet of just – Watch the evening news, right, at 6.30 or 7 o'clock, ABC, NBC, CBS, you pick it, right? Watch, uh, like, read, you know, the New York Times or the AJC or whatever, right? And and don't get into Twitter or social media, right? Because, like, all of the negative stuff that you think of the world comes through social media, right? Like, if you just read an article on the Washington Post, like, it may be troubling news, but it's, like, contained and there's a variety of different stories. There's like lighthearted stuff. There's sports. It's like a well-balanced source of news. But on social media, it's just, nah, look at this. Fuck. Like people are watching video clips of some school in Virginia. Like what? Like how, how do we get to the point where people, all they consume is just junk stuff that's just designed to get them engaged through outrage, right? And they're complaining about, oh, things are so much worse now. You're the number one reason why things are worse you are consuming stuff that makes you outraged just consume it in the old way just watch pbs an hour at six o'clock let that be your news source and go on about your life like this thing is just ridiculous people are causing their own misery and they're blaming yeah, but somebody then else you get emails from your elementary school about it like you ignore it and right. it's still like hey this thing happened yeah. and then what the continue i mean it may be unrelated but there was a post now taken down from the neighborhood Facebook about like people left literally like KKK propaganda, not white nationalist as in the new way, but like, you know, and they took the thing down. So I don't have any information for you, but there's some apparently the authors of it were some uh, KKK group out of North Carolina and they dropped off a bunch of homophobic stuff in a in a pamphlet in a brown paper bag throughout our neighborhood and somebody went around and uh, collected it all before most of us ever got a look at it okay and then the post the discussion about it was taken down at some point by the original author of the post so we never even like whatever the content of it was we never really got to see i don't know how that relates to this discussion but well i mean it it's possible that if this was national news it's not hard to figure out which neighborhood sends these kids to these schools. It's the one that has the same name and is right next door. So like the fact that it's possibly a reaction to something that people saw on conservative media. Oh, you're saying that this pamphlet might be a reaction to some nonsense that they saw this story yeah, I think about it our probably school is. Okay. Yeah, I guess it's plausible. And like, that's fucked up. It's not a pamphlet. It was like a lot of stuff. Okay. I didn't, like I said, I never got to look at it because yeah. the cowards took it down. Uh, which, by the way, it's always worse. Like she, she said that she wasn't going to post the actual content of the thing that she received because she didn't want to spread the message. It's like, fuck you, lady. You don't, like, you think I'm susceptible to it or something? Like, what are you talking well, about? Well, no, I, that's, but that's the same thing as like not saying the name of the, the killer instead of. No, the fuck name of that. The, oh, like, I think it's very similar. None of these people actually think they're convincing anyone of anything anyway. Ashley got some. Go ask her. They're all just like 
excited. They're, they're getting hard over the idea that they're going to offend somebody who will say, I'm not even going to dignify this by allowing anyone to see what the actual content of it is. Like, what are you talking about? Like, fucking, we are all adults here. We can have this conversation and figure it out together. Right. I don't know. I know it sounds like I'm, like, defending the people who are offended over stupid things, but I'm really not. I'm just acknowledging that they're not going anywhere. And like we, right. we will and and the fact that we live in the society now, we live in a, a, a world that is suffuse. Like Abe, you say you can have whatever uh, diet you want. You could live a much less outrage filled existence if you choose to. I agree with you. Uh, most people won't. Right. right. Uh, and but that's by design in many ways. Right. Right. It's by design because these things are in the same way that like the, the diet and food industry is like, yeah, you could eat just broccoli and spinach and kale and and get your protein from uh, sustainable sources that don't involve a lot of uh, red meat. And you could do all of the right things. And that would be great for the 3% of the population who does that, right? Yeah. But the, by the numbers, what humans do is they do the wrong thing yeah. because it's easier and right. because it feels better. Right. And it's just what they'll – can and, and, and not because like the, out, the outrage literally feels better, right? Like the way that the, the chemicals work in your brain, uh, you're getting off on it. I, I am as susceptible to it as anybody. Everybody. I have a fucking podcast. I love to yell about things that piss me off. Uh, so do you, you yeah. asshole. That's why you're here. You love – also, Abe, you love to see me yell about things that piss me off. You yes, get a great big kick out of it. Even when you – especially when you think I'm crazy and wrong about it, right? Like it's fun. It feels good. Yeah. I get it. So people aren't going to stop doing the thing, right? Which is why what matters is the extent to which you can – if anyone – no one individual can. But we can collectively have an impact on on the, the tools that we have at our disposal, right? We're not – we're, we're – and and I don't know, I brought up the Postman thing because it, it felt relevant. But I don't know that with these huge corporations that, that control all of these things, that set the algorithms up, that are invested in knowing everything that they possibly can about us, at what point does it become an utterly absurd battle in an attempt to regain some amount of uh, collective control over the way that the world is? Right. Uh, we can do what we want on an individual basis. You fucking tend your garden. You 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 plant your your garden in your backyard, and you try to do the best you can with it. You make yourself a saner person. Uh, but the world's going to continue to fall apart. At the same time, that the world is basically fine. Right. Ironically basically fine. enough, mostly right? fine. By the way, also you know earlier you were saying Bob that they're not going away. Like meaning the the conservative uh, side of things, and that's true. But no one's going away, right? That's why I, 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 it's like you can't change what's happening around you. You can change how you operate in that world. And, and try- right, but but the difference is that Fox and the Republicans, and I think the Republican Party writ large, is thrilled to be the thirty-five or forty percent. Right? They they are excited about that. They are happy to just be the stick in the mud. To just be the intransigent assholes to just continue to exist right 
They don't need any more than that. If they felt a need for more than that, they would have shuffled Trump off the scene at any point during the many opportunities that they've had to shuffle Trump off they've, the scene you know, over tried, the course of the last few years. They've been trying to shuffle him off, but like he's too dominant a force to shuffle him off. They've, Who's sure, the they? I don't the, the know. Fox like, News in this example, right? I mean, they have tried to turn the page and do whatever, but like this guy's. People are into this guy. Like, he just sucks all the oxygen, right? And so every, like, you know, there are more and more candidates. You know, like, I think I was, like, surprised when you mentioned months ago how you you wouldn't be surprised if we got to, like, 17 GOP candidates, you know? And we're, like, at, like, 11, 12 now already. We may see some more uh, by the end of this year. And all of them, anytime I see them on the Sunday uh, talk shows or – Anywhere else, they're taught, they're they're asked about Trump, right? Whomever it is, DeSantis. What about this Trump guy? Like you know, like Christie. Oh, well, what are you going to do about Trump? Like everybody, it's Trump. Like and and so like there's a ha- like you know, uh, Asa Hutchinson and Christie against decidedly against him, and everybody else is just kind of like carrying water for him some of the time and then they're like light gentle criticisms at the other time like the whole thing doesn't make any sense everything is just centered around one person like he is the galvanizing force in the primary and he'll be the galvanizing force in the general right which to be clear uh the existence of you in the race is a rebuke of trump right Right. like (laughs) whether you're willing to actually say i like I think Trump is great and was great for our country and uh, we should be done with, but, but we should be done with it. If you're not, even though you're not willing to say that, the fact of your candidacy to be the Republican nominee for president yeah. is a, an explicit rejection of the idea that Donald Trump should be the next president of the United States. And it's weird that that nobody seems to recognize that yeah, fact. And, right? and, and, and they're not even like, you know, there are all these ready-made attacks on him and they're not taking any of them because like you'd be making concessions uh, or you, you would be agreeing with the other side. Um, right, because they all secretly just want him to die, right? And then, but, but that's, and then they can be, and then they can be Trump. Right. They don't want to beat Trump; they want God to defeat Trump, and then they can right. just uh, take over. That that seems to be the. It must be because there's no other strategy. You think like start attacking him now, kind of break him down a little bit, eat into his seemingly insurmountable lead, but like. If he's like at fifty plus, and and the next person is at twenty, like there's a thirty point gap between number one and number two, and everybody else is just fighting for scrap for scraps, like they're just eating into each other's leads, right? You're basically kind of making it even easier for uh, for Trump to win, and so like your presence in the race does nothing other than unless they're just you know half of them, maybe they're just vying for VP. Right, because like it's not going to be Pence, right? So like there's going to be a slot for somebody. So maybe half of these people uh, are just vying for that. But I just, it just doesn't. I don't understand the logic. You said it's not going to be Pence. Uh, he was on Meet the Press this weekend. Did you watch that I interview? Did, yeah, there was like a Chuck Todd. Uh, they had like a little interview with him. I mean, I've been stopped in airports and grocery stores and gas stations by Americans of every political persuasion. Uh, who thanked me for my service to the country. How many more were in MAGA hats when they And particularly them? thanked me for the stand that I took on that tragic day. But are people that wear MAGA hats doing that look, to you? I, look, I, I 
I know the people in our movement, and uh, I, I can honestly tell you that they're some of the best people in this country. They love America, yeah. and they love our Constitution. And I have every confidence as we carry our campaign forward. So <laughs> I got an image in my head when he is talking lovingly and respectfully about the, the people in his movement. Yeah. Ah, listen, Chuck, I know the people in our movement. They love this country. They love this Constitution. And I, my, the picture in my head was of one of these assholes like, just, just playing with their own shit. Just they took it is it furiously dumping on the floor and then picking it up and looking at it in their hands just, ah, 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 just playing and shit like a stupid monkey playing and shit and, he, and Mike Pence is like oh I, I have so much respect for the people in this movement let me tell you these same assholes who came to the Capitol on January sixth with a fucking gallows and wanted to see me hanged I have so much respect. For the people, like, what are you talking about, Mike Pence? I know that I just said the thing that I said about it was dumb for Hillary Clinton to call these people a bunch of deplorables. But what would they have to do to prove to Mike Pence that the movement that he imagines he was at the head of, he was not, in fact, the reason that any of that was going on? What more proof do you need, you fucking maniac? Than the last six years. I don't get it. Is there any politician currently who has the message and brand discipline of Mike Pence? Because, like, no matter what you throw at him, he has that stupid, like, pious, like, consideration phase. And he'll, like, reset. Like, he'll reframe whatever you throw at him. Never answers the question. Right. Yeah. Never, Chuck, ever. Chuck First Todd, rule of being a politician, don't right. answer the question. But, you know, He's other people, never broken all, it. You're right. Other people inevitably will give in and try to directly – and oh, oh this is uh, – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to swing at this. You know, I know the, my handler is telling me don't get sucked in, and they'll, they won't for like three or four questions. But then somebody will throw in a question, and they'll – oh, yeah, I can, I can do great things with this. And then they get sucked in. Because now you ask right. this question, and there'll be another. You you try to answer one question, and they'll ask you follow up questions. But like with Pence in that interview with uh, Chuck Todd, he was basically kind of asking him like simple questions, like, "Look, the MAGA people, right, don't like you because the head of the MAGA party, Trump, doesn't like you, right? So like, in order for you to be the head of the party, right, to be the the GOP nominee for president." You have to win over those people. Like, how are you going to do that? And he didn't really have an answer. Like, they don't, they don't like you at all. Like, what do you mean? Like, why would you? Why would they vote for you? And he never answers it. He just sticks to his to his message. And so I don't know who the, this Pence coalition invo- includes. Like, who? Like, I don't get it. Someone who thinks, as he apparently does, that they did a great job for four years. And then one fateful day in January, Donald Trump became something else. Right. That has been Trump's, his framing, right, the whole time, as if he wasn't right. a chaotic president for all four years. And, and, and No, they did great things for the American people. The Trump-Pence administration, he says <laughs> with such reverence many times throughout this interview. And then on January 6th, Donald Trump made a mistake. Right. He Put himself over the con- over the Constitution, and he further believed that I 
as in my role as vice president, could put him over the Constitution, and I chose instead to keep my oath because that's just the sort of man I am. And yeah. it's I was I was terribly disappointed that Donald Trump was was led possibly not even it's not his own doing. It's not because he's a fucking crazy narcissist who only cares about himself and imagines himself to be the president even to this day. But instead, it was those dastardly lawyers. Right. He got some very bad advice from some very not well-meaning individuals who led him down this awful path. And I, I pray for him. I really do. I continue to, to this day, that he'll see that he was wrong about that. But in the meantime, I think it's up to me to continue this movement that we started back in 2016. Like, there's nobody. He, is a, a, he has a coalition of one. It's him and, and mother, him and his wife. That's it. And also, he is the second choice to no, to, to no other candidate. So, like, let's say you're a Trump supporter. You're one of the 50-whatever percent. All these polls are consistently like somewhere in the 50s, right? The, the second choice, it would likely go with DeSantis, right? Or somebody else, or, and then somebody else, and then somebody else. Like, you would have to go very far before they get to Pence, right? Trump voters, right? And then you go to the next candidate, DeSantis. Like, the second choice is likely Trump, right? Like, if not DeSantis, I don't mind Trump. Or this other person, or this other person. Like, you would have to get very far down to get to Pence, right? Like, and that's true for all the other, like, nobody has, like, well, if this thing falls apart, I'll go with Pence. Like, so it's not like he if can win in that way. If either. you're Mike Pence, though, if you're Mike Pence and you sincerely believe that your time on this earth has been divinely appointed, right? Like, he, this is someone who, as a, like, at least outwardly, I don't know the man's heart but seems to really believe that he's here doing God's will, right, right. For, the, for the country. And in fact, to the point where you were going to fail in your uh, re-election bid to become the governor of Indiana, right? the governor right? of Indiana, yeah, yeah. Right. He's going to be the governor of Indiana again. Uh, he was going to fail, and instead uh, God slash Trump plucked him yeah. from uh, relative uh, the obscurity of, of losing that race and instead made him vice president plausibly uh divine intervention uh someone like uh mike pence would continue to believe and maybe he he sincerely believes that uh, god will make him president because that is uh, ultimately the way that he can best serve on this earth right i mean the thing is you know like uh like todd asked him were it not for that fateful day of the 6th of january like if you know trump like just sucked it up and just said i lost can't win them all fuck it i'm gonna go play golf and left right Right. Would you, you know, and and then Trump was like, I'll I'll, I'll be back for the next cycle. Right, well, right? we're gonna run it back. Yeah. Uh, would you, you know, Todd is asking like, would you run? Would you be running right now if that fateful day did not happen? And he's like, I'll oh, let historians sort that out. Like he doesn't want to directly answer that question, but like he's only at this level. Like his his profile was raised because Trump plucked him from relative obscurity. Right. The reason why he's got the 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 name brand. Is because of Trump, the guy you're running against. Like it's just the the whole thing is just kind of incoherent. Right. If Mike Pence had a lane, it was the Liz Cheney lane. Yes. And the Republicans threw Liz Cheney out. Right. Right. Like, yeah. So <laughs> his unwillingness to really run in the Liz Cheney lane makes the whole thing, as you say, completely incoherent. Right. If there's a lane for a Mike Pence, it is the full throated denunciation. Of the entire Trump post-January 6th thing, and he's refused to do it. Right. He just says, ah, 
he's mistaken about things. Right, he's missed. Yeah, I mean, again, message discipline. He's missed. he could be getting stabbed, and he'll say, "Oh, no, he's saw, we saw things differently that day and that fateful day." <laughs> uh, real quick before we go, I want to play for you a clip from the end of the Slate Political Gab Fest. Oh, by the way, I, I'm four episodes behind. I am falling further and further behind on my podcast, but I'll catch up. To be clear, you say you're a month behind on a topical weekly news show that covers the ephemeral topics that are most important to the news of the week and then rarely discusses anything from any sort of broader lens. That's the thing that you're a month behind on. There's a segment at the end of the regular Slate podcast, uh, Political Gab Fest podcast, called the, the Slate Plus segment, and this is where they have a conversation about some other topic and it's only for paying members of of slate uh which i don't pay for so all i got was the preview and in classic slate fashion or at least gabfest fashion uh so much of the content that they talk about is just promoting their friends okay. or other slate products so like plots Often is they they give recommendations for like they they do the the segment at the end called cocktail chatter. It's like what are you going to be talking about when you're hanging out with your friends right. and you want to seem interesting at the cocktail party? Right. What are you going to be talking about? And David Plotz inevitably is going to talk about oh you know I have this other job where I have this <laughs> I, I run a podcast network and he just does a fucking sixty second commercial yeah. for his for his other thing that he runs right. right? But the others uh, usually will have. Uh, Good content like Dickerson and and Emily Bazelon. You, you Dickerson reliably has good content. Bazelon is very committed to log rolling for whichever of her friends have recently published a book. It's like ah, yes. oh, as it turns out, uh, I'm reading this book uh, by my college roommate. Uh, I want the forty thousand people who listen to the Slate Gab Fest to know about it. Like yeah, but sure could- you do. I'm sure it's a great fucking book. Uh, it just happens to be written by your college roommate. That that and also uh, I can imagine how it's tempting. Like, hey, I fucking read this book. I'm gonna I'm gonna make further use of this. Like, I'm gonna bring it up in this segment, this throwaway segment at the end. But yeah, Dickerson will will is usually reliably good. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so the the Slate Plus segment this week is they're gonna talk to Joel Anderson. Works for Slate. They have another podcast called Slow Burn, and it's all about. Uh, Justice Clarence Thomas. Well, at least this just... this version of it, right? Because different seasons. Right, right. Yeah. Slow burn is many seasons. This is like season six or something. Right. I don't know. Um, and this one is about Justice Thomas. Joel, congratulations on Slow Burn. It's fascinating. Thanks for having me on. What do you think that Americans or broadly, or even you, not know about Clarence Thomas, not see about Clarence Thomas that you now know and see after having spent all this time with him for months? That's an interesting question. I guess probably there are a lot of, you know, biographical tidbits that are sort of surprising, you know, the wanting to be a priest, um, the, you know, the flirtation with left-wing politics when he was in college, you know, that sort of stuff. But I think for me, just just personally, and and it kind of starts with me going to his mother's home, I kind of didn't realize how rooted in the Black community he was. I think growing up, there was this sort of this assumption that um, he was a creation of white institutions, you know, from Catholic schools, you know, Yale Law and the Republican Party, right? Uh, You know, the Reagan administration. But no, that's not actually it. Um, He gets into his conservatism through 
black conservatives. And, um, and, you know, when you go home and you talk to the people, I mean, all these people, you know, down in Savannah, Georgia and pinpoint Georgia, which is the little community that he's originally from, you know, these people feel connected to him, even if they don't necessarily agree with him politically. And that, that was just something different for me to, to sort of grapple with. I, I just had no idea that this was a person that had grown up around black people, liked being around them um, and still sort of sees himself as, as part of that community in spite of, you know, what the way a lot of people feel about him today. That was wow. just a snippet from ours. All right, I'll stop it there. Wow. Uh, I'm glad you said wow because I was, I was just bowled over by that uh, commentary by the host of this podcast. I'll let you say why you're wowing. Okay, wowling. first of all, is the 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 host of this other the slope is he like is he black or is he? I can't tell. Yes, Joel Joel, Joel Anderson is black. So yes. he is black. He's a much younger person than. Clarence Thomas. So he thinks that a 70-plus-year-old black man is not rooted in black America? You're telling me this motherfucker's black (laughs) is what Joel Anderson just said? Like, what? (laughs) That is absurd. And it's an ass-backwards justification, right, because of the conclusions he has reached and the ideology ideology that he uh, espouses. He must not – like – He's never met a conservative black person. Does he think black people are not like people? That they're, they're right. It's exactly what you just said. Does he think black people are not like people? Joel Anderson, the guy who Slate paid to do a four-part podcast series on black American uh, jurist Clarence Thomas, said, "Oh, I found out he was a human being." Right. Is what is what he is revealing, right? <laughs> is that all up until this point, I'd never considered the possibility that Clarence Thomas was a fully fledged human being <laughs> because of the color of his skin combined with the peculiar reality of his politics. I did not consider him a full human being. To be clear, Joel Anderson had been doing a giant racism in a in a profound way. And he said that was the most surprising thing. So, I mean, kudos to the gentleman for recognizing that fact. I don't think that's how he would describe what I just described, probably. Uh, but for me, like, what the fuck is wrong with people? That they cannot imagine that because your politics are different than what you believe your politics ought to be, that you are not a fully fledged black American or a fully fledged whatever human right. being. Right. Like it, it just it always boggles the mind when I run into it in the wild because they they are just so clearly doing the thing that they believe that they are. Uh, fundamentally against, right? That they believe they've aligned themselves ideologically and politically and in in all of their cultural and personal lives to be opposed to they're just doing the thing. And this isn't me being like, oh, oh, found a reverse racism, ha, 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 right? Like there's no such thing as reverse racism largely in the way that we talk about those sorts of things, but this is just racism. That's all it is there. And it's crazy to me that people don't see it that way. This, uh, I don't want to draw it too fine. I, I don't want to say anything that without knowing any more about this person, this, this slow burn guy. But like, is it indicative of like his upbringing that he would have that perspective? Like, like did he? Like, because I'm trying to think. Like, how how do you? 
Well, sure. Everything is indicative of everyone's fucking upbringing. I know, but like, uh, how can you... I don't know. It just seems like... But for that to be true, like, you don't actually hang out and talk to black people where inevitably you're going to find out, oh, they, they're they very conservative, you know? They're very conservative. Like, you know, like, you will... You- right, because to be politically black is not anything except to be academically black, right? Like, <laughs> these these notions, like, when... when uh, the name who's the the woman whose name I'm not permitted by myself to say on this podcast uh, says things Taylor like Taylor Swift. No, not Taylor Swift. <laughs> Nicole Hannah Jones oh, okay. talks about uh, someone not being politically black because they don't share her politics. She's just referring to a particular ideology that doesn't have actually anything to do with race beyond uh, some degree of correlation that she sees in the world, right? right? And that's all he's doing here, is that he has spent his time so cloistered uh, in a certain kind of political blackness or or a certain kind of progressive politics that he doesn't run into uh, conservative black, like like the old ladies and old men who go to church fucking three days a week, right? Right. Or who hang out at the gas station, who are not as politically progressive as as Joel Anderson when, would be certainly. When um, was it 2008? The first go around for Obama. Remember California? They had that Prop Eight. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and all the black people came right. out and and rejected that. And rejected yeah. that. What? And also, like in the in a lot of black communities, there's a lot of uh, uh, pushback with you know there's a lot of like anti-gay sentiment in the black community to. The, you know, like, what does this slow burn guy think is behind that? Like, the liberal black people are doing this? Like, I mean, he didn't- Who was the most conservative Democrat running for uh, presidential nomination in, in 2020? The most conservative Democrat was Joe Biden. Right. And Joe Biden won because James Clyburn and the African-American population right. in South Carolina gave him their endorsement. Right. I don't know who needs to hear this, but, like, you can be black anything. Right, and there are black. (laughs) I'll tell you who needs to hear it or needed to hear it before he found out that Clarence Thomas was an actual human being was Joel Anderson of Slate Podcasts, and he's not alone. Maybe slow burn is uh, his learning stuff. It takes a while for him to get it, but he'll get there. You've been listening to Cast Iron Brains, a podcast with Bob and Abe. Uh, Head on over to brainiron.com for a show note. If you like, uh, the opening and closing themes of the show were composed by Mark Gillig, tetramermusic.com, T-E-T-R-A-M-E-R music.com. Uh, for more from him, Queens of the Stone Age released a new record on Friday. That's not new Tetramer music, but it is the next best thing. Oh, have you listened to any? I haven't gotten through the whole thing yet because I've been... I don't know. I just haven't had time. I told you he's very busy. It's a lot of baseball. Uh, I was at the field for like eight hours, I think, on or longer than that, nine or ten hours the other day on on Saturday. On Saturday, uh, Abe, did you make it to the movies this week? There was a big new movie came out, or at least I thought it would be big. It only made like fifty-five million dollars to take the number one spot. Uh, the Flash came out. Did you did you see that one? I did. Yes, I, I went to go see it in a packed theater opening night. I went to go see it with uh, my buddy uh, Mike, who's big into cartoon, you know, this comic book stuff. I, you know, what I do before I watch these comic book related movies is I go to YouTube and I find somebody to explain to me who these people are. 
on like who the fuck Good. is Flash, what is his angle. I know he does something fast, but I'm not familiar with him. Um, and so I watched it. It's, you know, like the, the Spider-Verse thing that was out like a week or two ago, with the exception of that, all the other comic book movies in the recent past, it's the same fucking thing. It's the same... Every, like, I, I, it's like, okay, now this is going to happen. Then the big bat is going to come, and it's going to seem very hard to beat. Some lesson will be learned, and then they'll beat them, and then the movie will end, and there'll be some stupid credit midway through that's going to tie into some other thing. It's like the, literally the same thing every time. And once again, this flash, the same thing. So people thought this was going to make a lot of money. It crashed and burned. You know, $55 million sounds like a lot, but, like, they... This is like a $200, $300 million budget kind of movie. Like, they need to make their money back. And this is a very right. tight next month. You know, this movie is just going to f- not make anything now because you, you can have that Indiana Jones movie. It's not going to do that well, but it's going to be the number one movie when it comes out in a couple of weeks. Then you have all of those movies in July, the Barbie, the Mission Impossible, the Oppenheimer. There's so many movies coming out, so th- th- there's no there's no opportunity for this movie to make any money in that regard so just a disaster so you're saying it's not good enough to have any sort of legs moving forward right you need to pop the first weekend and you know they're 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 kind of pointing to like oh the 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 flash actors uh apparently a piece of shit like he kind of got into some sort of drug-fueled kind of violence streak that he had like he's just abe there's a certain segment of the internet that uh would say you're the piece of shit for misgendering that individual just now who so the Flash? The Flash is not... He doesn't go by the he-hims. He's he's something okay, else. Okay, well, this The Flash character, the actor, whomever, like, total douche from what I hear, I think not a bad actor. Like, I find him engaging in the... In the he played two versions of himself. Again, they're doing this stupid... I come from a different... Right. Just stop doing that, please. Like, just stop <laughs> doing that, please. Movies are already an alternate reality, says Abe. <laughs> it's just... Don't compound things with more alternate realities. I really don't like parallel universes either. It's just, yeah. It's like. So, but did you enjoy the movie? I know you're not interested. You complain about the paint by numbers aspect of the plot as far as uh, modern superhero movie stuff goes, but was it an enjoyable ride? It was enjoyable enough, but I mean, if I weren't into just like any any major opening, I'm there, right? So, like, this is not like me saying this is. My watching your movie does not mean that I am for it. Uh, but so like, it's just okay. Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton returns to to reprise his role as Batman That's for the right. first time since 1992. Was that, that charming was and fun yeah, or like, oh, just stupid? And, and uh, they did you know like oh he he did a thing like to try to revive his mother who died like in the universe he lived in and like right. in the universe sure. he was in the Batman was the Ben Affleck Batman. Right. And so it's like, oh, don't worry, without causing a disturbance to anything, I'm going to go back and like fix the problem with my mom and I'll be fine. And then he fucks it up and um, he's in now in the Michael Keaton Batman universe. Right. Right. And then the movie, he thinks that I fixed all the problems. I can't save my mom. So I'm going to say bye to her. I'm going to get a big cry and I'm going to circle back to my original universe and then some fancy cars coming Here's the Batman guy, uh, and out comes the George Clooney Batman. You know, so like he oh, fucked geez. it up somehow, and like the movie ends like right. that. So it's like they played with the Batmans. Yeah. Uh, 
And I kind of want to see this movie. I have a. I really enjoyed this character. You're familiar in, with him, the Flash. Well, he was in because he was in the Justice League movie. Oh yeah! As soon as I stopped watching the movie, I, I forget that. these people. So like, he didn't leave enough of an impression. So I don't remember. He him. he stood out for me in the in Justice League okay. as one of the more enjoyable characters because I I haven't cared for the the Ben Affleck Batman very much. Uh, but again, I'm I'm more of a natural sucker for the entire DC universe. I love Batman. I love Superman. I want these movies to be good. It has been disappointing to me that they largely haven't been. I don't care about the Wonder Woman rest of it. Like I just I grew up on Batman and Superman and I want them to be awesome. And I it, like it's a bummer to me that they haven't been and my understanding is that this movie is an attempt to sort of end the DC universe up to this point, but also sort of explode the DC universe into this new direction. And uh, who knows if they'll succeed in that way. They have this whole – the James Gunn guy is taking over uh, to be in charge of it. He was the guy who did the Guardians of the Galaxy for the for the – the Marvel Cinematic Universe. You know so. what's what's interesting is that you know the the standalone movies do well. So like the Robert Pattinson Batman did well. The Joker. Right, and did I loved well. that one. Right. I thought that was I thought that was perfectly fine Batman movie. But yeah, so like those movies, you know, the is Joker part of the DC or Marvel? Who were this guy? I guess he's got to be with the. Batman, it's also right? DC. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah, it's a so DC that character made a lot of money despite all of the remember the concerns like oh it's going to turn it. People into like crazy violent dudes. Like, remember when that movie? Right. Came out? Where's the lie? Yeah. <laughs> another movie. Another movie that I actually really enjoyed and and thought like if you take it outside of the stupid culture war context and you just look at it as right. like here's a movie to watch. Like that was a fun movie but, to watch, and Joaquin was awesome in it. But if they're blowing it up and trying to retool and just do stand stop this stupid like you know because the Wonder Woman is in this movie too. Like hey, and by the way. Again with the music. She's the only person, like when Ben Affleck shows up, there's no Batman music. Like every time she shows up, they play the music. It's weird. Here I am, in case you forgot. That, Here's the music. It's that fucking riff, man, and I'm going to drop riff. it in right here. That, the, that riff is fun. It's good. But it, every time I see her, the music plays. It's, it's like a, it's just very odd. But Abe, every time I let you get uh, five words in edgewise throughout this two-hour podcast, I'm going to play that music in this episode. Wonder Abe. <laughs> Anything else? Did you go to the movies otherwise? No, no. I was going to go see something, but I'll watch it next week. But yeah, that was it. What's coming out? Uh, is, is Indiana Jones next? It's the week after. I Some movie with Jennifer Lawrence is coming out. It seems I don't know what it is, but it's, oh, where she like she's fucking an eighteen-year-old yeah, or something. Some, yeah, some I don't know what the angle is, but like, yeah, she's a, yeah, she's a, a date. It's like a like, dorky, a dorky Jew virgin is going to be uh, yeah. like his parents want him to uh, become a man or something, and yes. so they hire Jennifer Lawrence That's to do right. it. That's right. Yeah. That's what it is. Looks stupid. Did we watch anything, or did we just do baseball? Schwarzenegger, Arnold. Uh, we watched the first hour of the Arnold documentary oh, on that's Netflix. Right. Yeah, I, I, I'm two episodes in because they, they broke it down to like athlete, actor, and then like American. Athlete, huh? You're gonna go with athlete? Well, as I think the... they're doing the alliteration. They wanted to keep it in the A's, right? So they did, you know. Oh, is that the actual name of the episode? Like each, so they have three episodes. One focuses on his athletic pursuits. With oh, look at me, I'm so strong. And then right. it's the actor pursuit. Uh, oh, by the way, uh, me, I'm so strong. James Cameron makes a, a few appearances in the second one when he's the actor, uh, and then the third one I haven't seen, but it's when he makes it the run for office after he gets. I guess I didn't know he had like Look a me. I'm so strong. heart 
surgery thing, like when his acting career kind of slowed down, he's like, yeah. oh, I'll do politics. You know? I think it's I, very weird. He is the same age as my dad, which I didn't know. Like, looking at him now, I'm like, and seeing, you know, they timestamp everything, like he was this age and this year. Yeah. It's like, is he the same age as my dad? I think of him as so much younger because in the 90s, my dad was like a middle-aged guy right. and Arnold Schwarzenegger was Arnold Schwarzenegger. He was yeah. Like, he was older than us when he was doing true I know, lies. He was older than us. The fact I thought now, he was younger right. than my dad. Right. But he was like 40 something when he did True Lies. Like he's Yeah. He, he's, no, he's very old. Uh, but also Arnold is fucking great. And oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's great. <laughs> he's <laughs> I Who was doesn't per- like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, I was amused great. in the first in episode. <laughs> right, sure. A lot of women. I was amused by the fact that he talked about how he didn't believe that uh, his father was his father when he was a kid because uh, like, he, he felt like such an outsider. And that's something that I think a lot of kids go through at, at various times, conceivably, that they imagine that their parents are not their parents, that they must be uh, adopted because they don't feel like they belong, or maybe in Arnold's case because he was beaten. Uh, and he says that he even went so far as to get the genetics tested to find out if maybe his dad was a, a visiting American soldier. And I was just struck by that because it's like... Probably this was when he was a politician and was hoping to see if he could run as president and if there was some sort of like visiting American soldier exception to the uh, natural born American thing. And I mean, he... he would be an American then, right? If an American births a, or he facilitates the birth of somebody. Yeah, a natural Bob born also American. I liked that he didn't celebrate his birthday and then did. Yeah, I, I found it. It was very amusing birthday. to me. Like Arnold Schwarzenegger at 25 finding out that birthdays are a thing. And then just like from that point forward, like the birthday is very important to right. Arnold Schwarzenegger. And if you're one of his kids or his girlfriend or his wife or whatever, it's like, uh, no, it's a big day for Arnold every year. You have to be there. Arnold loves his fucking cake. Right. And if Arnold doesn't get his cake on his birthday, it's going to be, a, he will, he's not going to be mad. He's just going to be really sad and we do not want that for arnold so we're all going to make a big deal of it it's not too often you pick up something like that into your 20s usually during your when you're growing up your formative years even younger like oh this sticks with you but yeah that is kind of unusual birthdays are great (laughs) this is my special day i love it we're gonna have cake and everyone's gonna (laughs) sing me this nice song it's gonna be great and he's fucking 340 pounds roided out monster man it's amazing i would forget how big he was during his peak like it is he's so gross so weird ridiculous how big he was they gloss over like the whole steroids thing very but, quickly. I mean, it's like at least they, you know what? At everybody le- was doing it, and so was I. What's else yeah. to say? Yeah, that, that, I guess. that at least they admitted. You know, to this day, you'll see like current actors who are clearly on the juice. Maybe for legal reasons, they can't admit it, but they go to interviews. They go to like Regis and Kathleen. Although I don't think that that combination has been there in a while. Whomever is doing right. those morning things. And they'll say, oh, no, no, I don't do that. It's like chicken and fucking rice or whatever. It's like, no, chicken and rice and steroids. And also effort, you know. 
Right. The reason why you can work out six hours in the morning and then three more hours in the afternoon is because your body is full of drugs and human growth hormone, right? It's not just that like anybody can do it if they – no. Most people would just die from exhaustion if they worked out for eight and a half hours a day, you asshole. Yeah. It's because you're taking an incredibly high-priced cocktail of drugs and, and specialty nutritional supplements that allow you to continue – to do that right but you're still putting the effort so like nobody sure disc- sure right? it does it's not magic right but uh it is sort of magic also right uh, there was something else that we watched it wasn't just i don't Arnold. remember i don't know we looked at hbo and there's like fucking nothing on max like it's just but, but, uh, by the way uh i think i mentioned uh johnny depp's kid is uh on this uh, new show the idol yeah. which uh i'm like three episodes in it apparently there's only six episodes in all not a very good show, but if you want to watch like a just an absurd like bad acting, just bad scenes, like the the weekend, the 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 musician who was like right. in the Super Bowl halftime show mm-hmm. a few years ago, he's putting on quite a performance. Like it is just so. There's some chatter online about like is this show a parody or it has is it to be because if you failing look at it, to be a parody by being so bad at being a parody or something like that. Well, the thing is like it's, I think they're trying to they're getting at some sort of satire but like they don't have i don't know why i mean the weekend put himself in it because like i think he's a co-creator so he's just kind of oh pick me like if they picked like a more capable actor it could work he's like this parasitic like sex cult leader guy who has uh gotten this like britney spears type of like pop star who's going through some whatever like under his spell Right? right, and so it's just like, oh, fuck your label and your handlers that they don't have your their best interest, and he like takes over. He fired her like chef because he looked at her funny. Like but he's, he's just, not like, at all he's not at all plausible in the role right. of uh, iconic sex god type he's, thing. He's got like a rat tail, uh, <laughs> and I don't know who decided that was a good idea, but like he, he's supposed to be like sinister, and so maybe the rat tail helps with that. But he just looks ridiculous, and he'll say. The most like ugh like things. It's just if you just want to watch a train wreck, like I, I recommend it. We watched something on, or we almost. Oh, I know what we discovered browsing through Max. Uh, you know the because there's the Doctor Pimple Popper show. There's <laughs> we didn't watch that. No, we didn't though. watch it. I'm saying we found another show. Yeah. Called like Doctor Backcracker or something like that. <laughs> there's this whole fucking show. About people who go to the chiropractor and get their backs cracked. And you just watch the fucking thing to hear the sound of other people's backs cracking. It's like, look, I crack my back and my neck and my knuckles just as enjoyably as the next guy. But I can't imagine building a whole hour of television around listening to some chiropractor crack somebody else's neck. Are they- what, is the, what is the pleasure being derived there? Are the patients like playing it up? Oh, this is having huge I don't know. We didn't watch constant. It. Oh, I, I'm, I'm I didn't debase myself by. <laughs> oh, I will debase. I'll, I'll I went to the I went to the more info button or whatever to find out more info, but I did not allow it to uh, to play from that point on. I'm trying to find what we watched. I'm sure it obviously isn't worth talking about if we can't come up with it at this point, but. <laughs> 
I know we played uh, some Dr. Mario, and I got super mad at you for kicking my ass yeah. like four games in a row. Bob, stop being good at that. Uh, oh. It's, uh, we, we go and it's very streaky, this uh, Dr. Mario game. Anyway, Abe, have you uh, got anything else for us tonight? Nope. Well, I guess that's all we've got for tonight. Man. We'll talk to you next time. Later. said the sort of nonsense that he usually said and then people online were mad about it and so rogan is like hey come on the show and debate rfk and we can have an honest conversation about things like, yeah it's probably not going to be good for no, anybody probably no just go to bed i know we should go to bed some of us have to work 10 hours tomorrow some of us have to coach a little league playoff game o'clock. tomorrow. Yeah, maybe you might in the evening have it to do that. It takes a lot of preparation. I have to send two emails tomorrow. That's my got a big, very easy day tomorrow. <laughs> uh, when do you go to Aruba? Uh, July sixth through the ninth. Like it's like a couple of days after the fourth. Okay. Actually, that's another stupid thing I'm doing. I, I have off like everything except for one day that week too. I keep doing this. That's I should just nice. take the whole week off. Do that. No, it's no, good. they need Go you in there. Yeah, they need you day. in there. It'll be like day. you're not even there. That's right. I love those days. <laughs> like when I come in for just one person, like sneak in. It's like I'm not even doing it's it. It's like eighty percent of Abe's days at work anyway. <laughs> it's like he's not even there. I, yeah, my my uh, being at the uh, at home. Five days a week has started already. I do have to go in to get a new laptop because my four year old laptop is not cutting it. I guess that. I don't know. But like that's the only reason why I'm going in. Abe's like, don't replace the laptop. That twenty minute boot time is is twenty minutes for me. That's my time with the CBS morning show as that laptop goes through its machinations. I am a month behind on that. I think I may just bail and just just start from this week. Like I'm so far that's behind. Good. You should you should do that. Yeah. All right. All right. Good night. Good night. things that piss me off. Uh, so do you, you <laughs> asshole. That's why you're here. You love, also, you love to see me yell about things that piss me off. You get a great big kick out of it. Even when you, especially when you think I'm crazy and wrong about it, right? Like, it's fun. It feels good. Yeah. I get it. The proceeding was created with 100% human content. <laughs>